Alrighty, so today we're talking about how to learn your flora and fauna. This is a topic that I absolutely love. I love to teach it. I love to do it. I love the experiences in nature that come with it. So let's just jump straight in. Hello and welcome to It's a Wildlife podcast and blog sharing the great work being done for wildlife conservation worldwide and solving problems for ecologists by ecologists. If you're a fellow wildlifer, whether you're just starting out or you've been about the traps for a while, tune in and let's chat. You're in the right place. We already mentioned this in our 10 steps toward your career in wildlife conservation, as well as the eight steps you can take today to step into your dream career. We thought we'd do an episode just on learning your plants and animals, because honestly, there's nothing more impressive than showing up as a volunteer on a survey with a really good idea of the flora and fauna that occur in that area. Now, as an ecologist, you are usually hired for your knowledge of big picture processes, survey methods, broader scale habitat related information. However, so many people ask you, you're an ecologist, right? What's this? What's this? What's this? Even if it's the first time you've ever visited that place and you're way outside your normal habitat and distribution, there are so many thousands of taxa in any given area which can discourage people from learning their flora and fauna early on. The undertaking just feels way too massive. First of all, let's be really clear. It's okay not to know everything, but you'll be surprised how far knowing just a few things will get you. And the sooner you start and the more time you give it, the better you'll become. So story time. Once upon a time, I was scared about doing a massive drive across Australia in a super short period of time, especially because I had trouble in the past. As I aired my fears, my housemate at the time asked, Susie, how do you eat an elephant? I looked at him, surprised, and he replied one bite at a time. Weird, I know, but this advice has really stuck with me for a long time now. And I use it whenever I feel like I'm faced with what might seem like a large or near impossible task. How do you tackle it? Well, you break it down into manageable, bite-sized pieces and slowly, surely, you'll eat your elephant, metaphorically, of course. So this elephant advice was, was practically made for learning your flora and fauna, especially in areas with rich biodiversity. We've compiled 13 tips for getting started and immersing yourself in the world of plants and animals, and we'll discuss those today. Alrighty, so let's jump in. Number one, just start. Starting is the most important thing you can do. You start with the most common things you see around you and build from there. You might be surprised at how many crossovers there are once you get into it. Number two, regular time commitment. So this is a confession. I used to study the species list of areas I wanted to work or was about to travel to for volunteer opportunities for 15 to 30 minutes a day as a manifestation. While this sounds extreme, it served me really well, which is why I've included it. It's not just about where you want to go. Try your local area or places you're going to do extended voluntary experience like a biodiversity survey. Creating a habit and making something a part of your daily or weekly routine 
is a sure way to make it a priority and incorporate it as a part of your identity. For example, I always wanted to be an ecologist, an expert in my field. I thought to myself, how would someone become this? And things I came up with were knowing the plants and animals around me, improving on identifying birds and frogs by call, reading research papers and other documents about the habitat we were working in. The list goes on. But by committing regular time to these activities, they slowly become part of your identity. And the species identification came so seamlessly that I no longer need to maintain these habits. Just an idea, of course, do what works for you. Alrighty, number three, get familiar with the species in theory. A great general starting point is to find a species list for an area or habitat which has all the possibilities. You can then look more specifically within this list and work through these options until you have a good general idea of what's around, what to expect. Using a local species list in tandem with field guides is a really great way to put names to faces. Number four, get experience with the species in the field. Getting out there and putting your knowledge to the test is a super important leap of faith. Walk the line between trying to identify everything you see and not getting too bogged down or disheartened in details. Initially, it might be best to focus on categories like birds, then trees, then smaller plants, and so on. Build up your knowledge base at your pace. While at first you might not feel very competent, if you stick with it, slowly, surely things will come to you. Maybe even commit to a regular 30-minute walk around your local wetland or nature trail because ultimately the more time you spend in nature, the more in tune you will become with it. Once you have a good understanding of the species you're seeing and identifying more commonly in the area, you can hone in with more specific questions. Ask around for species you still haven't been able to identify. Facebook identification groups, iNaturalist, Google Lens, or ask someone you know. And once you receive an answer, check it. Google it or look it up in a field guide. Make sure you agree with it and that you understand why it is what it is before you commit the name to memory. Number six, keep track of your progress. Start keeping a species list of what you've experienced and maybe a wish list as well of species you'd really like to experience. I also keep a photo journal, especially when learning my plants, because often I find I've identified something and it doesn't stick. I like to be able to go back and revisit, reconnect that name to features and appearance. Number seven, number seven, commit to plants. Now you guessed it, don't be afraid to start tackling plants. The earlier, the better. I always start learning the most common and iconic species first, which are usually the trees, and then move to the finer or more seasonal species when I'm more able to notice them. So don't rush yourself, work at your own pace through your own observations. There are amazing resources for plants, including field guides, iNaturalist, and flora-based or equivalent database. Number eight, start local. Start with your local area, the plants and animals you experience daily, and then the areas you might be working for sustained periods. For example, whilst volunteering on a biodiversity survey and expand from there. That a lot of this process is through immersion in the natural world. So you want to be there right now or going there soon. Number nine, join a local wildlife group where you can surround yourself with like-minded enthusiasts. Number 10, buy a pair of binoculars. They literally change the way you see the world. So number 11, spend time with experts in the field. 
Sometimes you encounter people whose knowledge of the natural world seems to speak volumes. These people are incredible resources you can learn from and can also become mentors in this space. Finally, there are just two important steps to go. Number 12 is take the pressure off yourself. And number 13, enjoy the journey of exploring the natural world, but in a different language, Latin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of It's a Wildlife. If you've been inspired by our discussion or have something to share, please get in touch, leave us a review or share the love with your network. We'll chat soon.